So up next on the You Hate It Nothing Yet podcast, we have a guy that goes by several names. Big Leaf, one of the most interesting emerging DJ producers in these lands. And even perhaps after this interview, it might be legend. He's been putting mixes <laughs> He's been putting mixes together for several years now, adding to the already bustling electronic music scene that we have here. It's Kieran Irvine. Kieran, how the hell are you, my friend? I'm amazing, man. I'm amazing. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> not a bother, not a bother. Um, so I suppose, would you like to just tell me like, who you are, where you're from, and what do you do with yourself? I, I'm, I'm, I hear an Adairi accent there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, um, my name's Keelan, uh, Keelan Irvine. I'm, I'm from Derry. Um, Shanty man, <laughs> uh, we probably you'll probably see we a lot of crack fight. We talk a lot about Shanty. Um, but uh, I so I got on the music when I was very very young, like um, done a lot of crappy jobs and stuff, and you know nothing really spoke to me. I work for three now, like I sell phones for a living, like and I love my job because I love talking to people. Um, but music's always going to be like my end goal, no matter what I want to do. I always want to kind of invest my life on the music. And it's kind of good that it's kind of you no know, slowly taken off <laughs> after like so long. Like. <laughs> happy days, man. Happy days. So just uh, just when you say your cell phones. Are these smartphones or are these burners? Because you know your clientele ranges from uh, oh, low rate drug dealers to you know <laughs> TikTokers. You know it's crazy, like because we actually it's it is like a joke now. Like obviously Tesco is like the store for drug dealers, man. If they want to buy their phone, like <laughs> I swear to God. Like the amount of people you see coming in just going, oh, I'm looking to buy a cheap phone. And you're like, right, so what is cheap to you? Because cheap to <laughs> like a normal guy is like 150 quid. And he's like, yeah. no, 10 pound. And I'm like, I got you. Straight to Tesco's <laughs> bag, man, you know. Deadly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Well, look, just sort of tell me, where did your venture into music, inverted commas, it's very, very broad, begin? You know, yeah. was your family musical? Did Santa bring you a set of decks at one stage when you were younger? <laughs> no, man, it's not straight. So none of my family are, besides, obviously, the one of the thirds of Cragpipe is is uh, actually the two guys that really started it up. One of them is my cousin. Um, me and him were very, very close when we were growing up. Uh-huh. Um, and we kind of just drifted off. And when I, I grew up, became you know, a bit older and stuff. And then eventually, like, we kind of just split off. But then we reunited again, like, in our 20s, which is cool. And we've kind of kept the ball rolling. I was well in the, like, a couple of years in the production. I was working with a lot of people in the States. Mm. Um, when we started, uh, when I kind of joined Crackpipe, I wouldn't even say that I started it because they'd done so much work before me, man. Like, they put their blood, tears, and sweat into that stuff. Mm. Um, and then I'm just kind of coming along now and, like, showing them everything that I've learned over the years of being in the industry mm-hmm. and kind of elevating this now to that like, next spot. Like I'm having so many bigger names, like talk this and introduce themselves and showing them like what different producers and different styles can really make to your music. And it's just, ah, it's fun. But for me personally, I always like loved, it's nuts. Like this is, I was like crazy about music when I was away, but certain songs like you could full on feel the emotion going through your body, give you that goosebumps feeling. And like there was some songs that I would get that and I just had this weird like relation to music that I never really understood. And I always wanted to make my own music. Like I tried to do guitar and it's just I never had the attention span to like really sit and learn an instrument. Yeah. So when like I mind I was like in my early like late teens, early twenties, like I was about nineteen, twenty. And I was living in the town with a very, very dear friend of mine uh, called Jason. 
And no, I was on the dole. I left my job. I was in a really bad place. Yeah. And he decided he was like building this computer and he built me this computer man out of scraps. I mean, nothing. And uh, got me like the most basic of basic FL Studio software. And I was just practicing, man, like 14 hours a day, man, in front of this computer, just learning and learning and learning all these different things. Yeah. And kind of now, even when I look back at some of like the really older stuff that I produced, like I had so much creativity where now I'm kind of like, I know what I'm doing so much that I just kind of go straight on like a mode instead of like trying new things and being experimental. And that is what I'm kind of loving about the new stuff that I'm starting to make. Yeah. It's like I'm going back to my old roots. But I, man, I just... I learned and learned, and then I got my first EP signed, um, the 70s, which was actually pretty big even for me back then. And it just kind of took off from there. Once I knew that I got, was getting good enough that somebody else was going to see me and recognize it, then I knew I was on to something. And I taught myself how to do everything. I didn't go to school. I didn't do nothing. Like, yeah. I will make me an amazing track. Yes. I'm not going to sit here and go like, oh, like I use this folder and I pass and this and use all <laughs> these mad terms and act like I know more than what I do. Because uh, terminology wise, I don't care. I yeah. see as long as I can make it, I'm happy. And as long as I make a product that I'm proud of, that's all that really mattered to me. What what age were you when you uh, when you had the EP signed? Oh, I was 19. Yeah, I think it was 19 now when I had that's, the EP sign. That's fucking mental. Like, how does that, how does that, you know, compute for like, okay, so I'm 27, right? I feel old. Any bustling uh, media career that I um, hopefully have in the future always seems so distant and so, <laughs> so far away and, you know, always yeah. falling at last hurdle stuff. But to be 19, to be a teenager um, and, you know, in the cost of your 20s, how did that feel? It was the I'll never ever forget the first feeling. No, the first time I got signed, I'll always remember that EP. Mm. Um, looking back, it's not it's no it's not really great of tracks like, but back then it was different. No, it sounded different, and that that's what they love. Mm. But the feeling I mind sitting up like I didn't even have Wi-Fi because I barely anywhere barely any money back then, <laughs> and I was like outside this bar I used to work on, like stealing their Wi-Fi just to see if it uploaded on Beatport that night, and I was just so happy. I was like. Oh, I was ecstatic, man. And I'll like, you'll never really get that feeling until you sign like that big release. And then mm. you sign that big release and you start to see the like stuff coming in. Oh, it's uh, the feeling is like nothing else. And tell us this, like, I suppose, like you said, that obviously, you know, you you got the bug for music and you were just sort of working and you, you became almost fanatic about it. You know, like you said, 12, 14 hour yeah. days, whatever, just getting stuck oh, in. Yeah. Who was your influences? Who did you look up to? Was it, you know, did you have this mad notion of country music and then now you've come into like sort of, you know, electronic music or was it their particular DJ or, you know? It's mad that, man, because my, my music part would freak some people out. Like, because like on a Monday, I'll be sitting listening to like really relaxing jazz. On a Tuesday, I'm listening to like new metal. Yeah. And then on like the Wednesday, it's like trance. Like there's, there's so many different elements I've went on. They, like from, from my trans part that there's, I grew up listening to like Tiesto elements of life and what he done in the trans scene was like insane. Mm. And then like, as you kind of get older and you progress and then you start learning about all these new, and you start listening to like old school Ray Charles and like feeling like a lot of jazz too. Like it's, there's, there's loads of different things that got me loving music. And I, I would say like, from an early, early, early age, like I just had this passion for it. It's just I never really had the drive to kind of go and start it. And that is like nowadays much different because see back then, even when I was like 17, 18, like trying to DJ, not produce, mm. um, I was 
you know, you just got ridiculed where, where I'm from. Like, you just got put down. Nobody wanted to see you do well. Um, even a guy that I ran about with back then who really, really got me into the DJ side of things, uh, Johnny O'Neill, he was he was massive you know, playing, but he never played in our town because he was, he was put down constantly about mm. everything that he'd done. Uh, so he played in all these massive gigs around the South, which he'd done really, really well. And he's thriving now, which is insane. For me, it, it was always that, like, I don't really want to do much because I couldn't be bothered to kind of just deal with all the negativity yeah. that gets passed away. When you, when you eventually, I just, just sorry to cut across you. Do you remember, you know, you're saying there about you know, like negativity, this like almost yeah. small, small town mentality where people, oh, know, like the people who's meant to be supporting you, as in the people who are, you know, in your community, your neighbors, your friends, your friends of friends, your acquaintances, people you think should be backing you don't. Do you uh, think that that is specific? To Ireland, Northern Ireland, or is it just, or or, or is it is it in our heads? Because I find I find uh, so often no. hey, that that's that's the case. Boy, it's not even man. It's it's definitely. I would say it's not even specific the the whole of Ireland. It's more for me. It's because I've worked with a lot of people all over the world, and I am still yet. I've even worked with people on the south of Dublin, but I'm still yet to work with anyone from the north. Yeah, every time now with me right. I'm never going to ask someone for money to work with me. Even if uh, I get massive, I will probably not do it. I will work with someone just for the love of making song. It yeah, takes yeah. me probably about three hours to make a very good song, uh, right? So it's not a lot of work that goes on there. No, like if I'm if I'm good at what I do, if I'm yes, good at my yes, craft. Yes. But when someone messages me and goes, oh, here, do you want to remix my track for me? I'm liking your song. First thing I'm going to say is if I've got the time, of course. If I like the song, of course. Um, but... Like, I'm not going to turn around and go, oh, I'm not doing this until you pay me this, this, or no fees. Granted, people have to make their money after a while. Uh, but then, like, when I talk to someone here from, like, especially from my town, too, like, I'm going, listen, man, I really like how you sound. You don't really have much of a following. Neither do I. Let's kind of work together. Let's do something. And then as soon as you ask them, <laughs> no, would you want to work? They kind of get, like, this feeling like they're fucking great. And they're like, you know what, now I'm they're asking me to work with you and they just get like this no big mentality on them and it just it gets sour so all the people that i've worked with one of the best places like there's even like canada i've worked with uh he's oh he's so so great he's so so such a nice guy too and he's doing very very well Mm -hmm. and he would still keep in contact robert christian is working with tiesto now he's got seven hundred thousand followers he's done a remix for me way back when and this is guys that like what I mean, um, if I was to talk to Robert tomorrow when we still keep in contact, he's going to be like, like if I said to him, look, would you check out this track for me? Give me a bit of feedback. Uh, I definitely wouldn't ask him to remix it again because he's too big. You know what I mean? And I know where I stand. But he would still offer me feedback and he would still, and that there's a guy that just loves the passion of the music. You know what I mean? No matter how big he, um, which was amazing. You know what I mean? And that there's who I love working with. And even now, um, a good friend of mine, Bo Grills, who's doing a lot of work with me, He's worked with the Lonely Island boys. He's done all like this incredible stuff with his career, mm. and he's still working with smaller artists that are up and coming. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, it's kind of when you start to talk to people in the industry, have like break away from that fear. Mm. Uh, you'll meet some amazing talents, and you'll just improve so much. You were saying there just about um, crafting your sound and having a different sound, and obviously, like feedback from from anybody, your peers and or superiors, yeah. is is always just. 
there's so much value in it. But how would you describe your sound to somebody that's never heard you before? Or is there is there is there is there uh, something can pin you down, or are you are you a bit a bit of everything? It's that that's the one thing. Now my if you listen to my music, my my sound has varied throughout the years. So mm-hmm. it's went from like it's always stayed very chilled out. You know what I mean? Um, so it's kind of always staying in the house. No scene, yeah. but more kind of switching throughout the genres of house. Know what I mean? Testing my limits because I don't have like a favorite genre. Know what I mean? I love all different types of music. I'm not gonna sit and say like I am a house producer. I just I I don't want to be like that dance producer that's out DJing at four in the morning. I want to be like a producer that's in a studio with and a really really talented singer that wants to create like a piece of art know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that there's that there's actually where you need to kind of realize no you have to ask yourself the question what type of musician do i want to be do i want to be the guy playing at all these big shows or do i want to be a guy that's just really in love with the music because mm-hmm. the shows are fun but it's all about what you're into of course um of course. but definitely uh and it's i suppose that like you know the big the shows and all you know there's a there's a certain a certain lifestyle comes with that life and it's fast and it's fast paced and it's it's long, it's arduous hours. And of course, there's a lifestyle of partying that comes with it. And, you know, yeah. so that I suppose getting trying to get that. Well, I suppose trying to get that balance is very hard for so many people. But the fact that you obviously in your head know what you want and yeah. you're, you're, you're clear about it, crystal clear about it, I suppose. Do you think that 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 sort of helps push you as an individual forward? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me this. In, in 2020, you know, when the world was ending and COVID was in the fucking thick of it. I think it was 2020. Anyway, I think that's when COVID was. It seems, although it's still here, it seems like a slightly uh, distant memory, you know. You released Secrets. Sort of, was, there a, was there a theme? Oh, I really don't know. You know, it's, it, I always thought there was. Like, you no, know, when I was even making the album, I was mm. like, I actually, I was buzzing with the album at the start and it was kind of just something that I just really enjoyed making I stopped making music for a long time I was like just no making butts and bobs here and there but then like the way I kind of go is I'll probably go like a week where I've made about 50 songs and then I'll choose the best from all of it Mm -hmm. um but then like I was just making a song after song and like every single track I was making I was just vibing the whole way through yeah. And when I got like six songs on, I was like, you know what, I'm going to kind of create, I'm, I need this kind of put this on the album here. Um, and then that there's when I got together with Deep Stripes. Uh, it was actually the story of that album is insane because I was signed to a, a label called Nilo. Um, John runs the label. He's a very, very nice guy. Um, but they were going to sign secrets and they took so, so, so long with the paper. I mean, I mean, forever. Like it got that bad. I was like asking like, you know, what is the story with the contracts for this album? Cause like there is a lot of interest in it. And he was just saying, he was like, what do you say? He was all oh, just sorting out the contract, sorting out the contract. And then I made a track on another alias that I was starting uh, called taxi to the moon. Um, that not many people know about, which is also a lot of remixes done on the album as well, um, just on a different side of things. And he really, really wanted, he really wanted the track. Um, it was called Addicted, and he wanted me to sign it to the original album. And I told him no, that it was already signed under a different alias, the Deep Stripes. 
And he got so mad. <laughs> he just was like, I was, I think he actually said that I was signing the album off the bat of that track that was never a part of the album in the first place. So like it got a wee bit hostile with this. So I was like, you know of what? I'm not. And then he said to me, he wasn't, he wasn't signing on the album anymore. So I was like, you know what? Dave Stripes really liked this, the sound of the taxi. And I'll see if they, if, I'll see what they think of the album because they were never sent it and they loved it. They, they were really, really um, enthusiastic about it and really wanted to take it on fully. Um, and they did. And they even said, because I really, I had a lot of names that I wanted to remix, but on a separate album mm-hmm. called the Remixed Album. Yeah. And they were so enthusiastic about it. They said, no matter what you, and I have a, I have a friend Cole uh, from America who is such a talented producer that makes the weirdest music that nobody listens to. <laughs> but I, I, I really fuck with it. Like I'm like, you know what? This is kind of vibey. And uh, they, like Nilo, were like really putting his remix down. And Deep Stripes are like, you know what? If you like it, we like it. We'll take it on. I was like, like this is the type of label that I love working with. Yes. And yes. they were just, ah, uh, they were buzzing. They have it on, and they even got in contact. They tell me that other remixers were still looking to have their turn on the album as well. But uh-huh, uh-huh. obviously, it's just yeah, I choose. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, uh, it's, and, uh, it's, 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 I've had some mad, some mad rights. I've actually, <laughs> one of the tracks that was supposed to be on that album got stole on me by one of the remixers from the previous label. <laughs> what? Uh, I was called Treasures. I actually had to release the track for free then on my SoundCloud because they just, I give them the remix page, they remixed it, and then they were like, you know what? Nah, we're keeping the vocal and doing it on our own. I was like, fuck, wanker. Ah, it was horrible. <laughs> oh, man. That's, it's, it's actually funny. I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not musically talented at all, right? You know, uh, my talent, only talent is being able to talk shit, and it hasn't even got me that far. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? But for somebody to, for somebody like, you know, you hear the odd horror story of things like that, but for somebody to, to, as you say, take something that was yours and then pass it off as their own, you know, people mm. call you call it plagiarism, call it whatever you want. How does that, do, do, like, is, is it, and this is going to sound maybe a strange question. Do you feel number one, that it's a compliment in the sense that whether well, it was good enough and they're now using it? Or is it just, is it just raw anger? Is it just like, fuck you? At the time, at the time, it was, I I was so emotional about it at the time because it was the first time something like that happened to me. Mm. So I was like, you know, taken back. But then I, like, I think a couple of days later, I was like, you know what? It it was meant to happen. Like, no, maybe this is my time to kind of like, that was like a lesson learned. It was like Mm. the first Mm. time that it was like, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't trust every single producer. That yeah. Maybe you should actually get to know them before you send them through stuff. Know what I mean? Um, and that it was, it was a very, very well learned lesson. And now I know, obviously, if someone is very genuine and looking to kind of work on my music or work with me or just kind of gain from me at the same time. Um, because I'm too nice. <laughs> that, that's that's my that's, biggest thing. Yeah, I'm too I, nice I, for me. I'm good. <laughs> it's it's not ideal, but I suppose look, you live and learn. You live and learn from these things, don't you? Exactly. No. Exactly. That's the whole point. Like, um, well, I want to chat about another track. Uh, one day, which is, I think, probably one of my personal favorites. What's the pro- what was the <laughs> process behind this? One day was a track that I uh, I had a friend Lucy, who's a she's a singer. Um, mm-hmm. she was looking to get back on. She quit singing a long time ago, and she was looking to get back on it. So I started making the instrumental. Um, and then once. I think I think she moved away, um, and we just we hadn't spoken a long time. So I had this this incredible vocal that just fitted the track so so well. So I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to try and see if I can finish this year. And once I did, I sent it there, and she was she was very happy with it. Like she she was buzzing that it was made. Yeah. So that we were kind of just messing around with this instrumental. It was made under something cool. Um, and yeah, at Seven Eves ended up taking that on, um, which was like a, it's it was pretty amazing because it was the I hadn't signed with Seven Eves in years since since I was like younger, and it was like going full circle again. No, just kind of getting back in and chatting to the guys that own Seven Eves, and uh, it's pretty cool. Like it's it was it was a nice moment. I think it was just a nice track to kind of bring myself back into that world. To see when see when things like that happen, do you feel like you know it, it worked out with your friend Lucy? You know, you were able to put music to 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 the song. It it worked out with Seven Eves. Does, does things like that sort of make you feel? I suppose, fuck it, this is worth it, worth it, and I'm actually really good at what I do. Oh, I, I've been, it's crazy because like I have been told, <laughs> even with my personality and how I am and how I talk and how I go on and how I carry myself and then my music in general, people are baffled <laughs> that I haven't either blew up on TikTok or got a lot further than what I am. Right. But I've always been that guy that's took a step back because like I'll have like amazing artists that I could probably work with. But mm-hmm. if I find someone that is a, a phenomenal producer and someone that's a phenomenal singer and I bring them together and they make a good song. That song is made still because of me. And yeah, that there was yeah. just something that I was proud of like having, it was more about the passion than getting somewhere. Obviously getting the big heights on music is just an amazing feeling. Know what I mean? And you'll, you'll get that. But knowing yourself, like, do you know when like, Oh, that wouldn't be even in this world if it wasn't for me bringing them together. And that like, that's insane. It's just that uh, it's a surreal feeling. Like happy days, man. And um, well, let's add up another track. Fall apart. I think <laughs> it's. I think it just sort of wraps itself around you or something. Not in a smothering uh, way, but it just sort of just molds into you or some crack. You know, was there any particular inspiration behind this, or what was what was the score there? It was never going to be released. <laughs> right. It was a track. I. It was a track that I sent to a very uh, another very good friend of mine. He runs a label in Miami. He. Uh, I sent it in for feedback and he was just mind blown. He, his labels kind of, he stopped them. Um, so what I knew of, but it was just this one reply was the labels are coming back and I'm taking the song. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, I, I he really wanted to sign it. And I was like, you know what? I, I, I thought there's what you want. No bother. Uh-huh. Cause I wasn't, I was never going to be released. And then when it got released, the feedback of it was incredible. I I never really got like this deep feeling about that song. It was never, it was fun to make, but it was never like my true, you know, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then the feedback it got off it from the radio, I had people texting me and going like, oh, when when did you make this year? I can't believe I'm only finding this song now. And it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I kinda, I'm kind of noticing as well that even my own personal, like, hearing all of my own music i'll probably think of something that's probably uh it's not as good as what i've made before mm. but other people are probably thinking oh that's amazing that there's something that i want to listen to so it's kind of just not having so much stuff pushed to the back now fair play man fair play fair play uh, i, I want to ask you as well about you know you do production dj and you help sort of cultivate the sound of crack pipe how did how did this how did this come about how did this start how what uh, what, what is how does this collaboration work do you know I, it's, it's some of my most memorable and amazing times of making music. And we're only do I'm only with them now a year, uh-huh. which is like the band's been going for just 
about nearly three years now. And but obviously because of COVID and kind of knocked them off their shade. Hmm. But like we were chatting and I was talking to my cousin one day and I was you know, showing him some of the stuff that I've been doing. Um, and he was you no know, buzzing. I actually wanted to remix one of their songs for him and I made it under like a very, very chilled out remix. And it's just not a chill song whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I made it like very groovy and very chill and uh, they loved it. And then they asked me to DJ for them one night and that there's when Big Leaf was kind of born. We uh done Sandinos. They had like this week. Love Sandinos. Love Sandinos. Such a spot. Man. And I just said to them, I was all like, fuck it. Like, you know what? Let's try and make something that people's going to remember. Give me that week costume. I'll wear it when I play and I'll just <laughs> wear a fucking pair of sunglasses. And they were looking at me as if they're like, are you really going to do that though? Because not nobody's going to do it. Like, and I was yeah. like, fuck it. I'll do it. Man, do you know what I'll do as well? I'll walk down to the bar and the costume downstairs <laughs> and get up. And like, when we done the show, everybody was like, I have like when the wonk unit was incredible, like, and we just were like, you know what, fuck it, let's let's really smash this. And when we done it, <laughs> the place was actually pretty packed. But all you could hear then when the costume came off is, hey, did you hear there's a boy up the stairs in a weak costume? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and that there's kind of where we just knew after that that was our first show. I actually done that show for free for them because uh, I just had so much fun. I told them I was never DJing again, and they kind of got me back into DJing. Yeah. And we just kind of went from there and then we done another show together and they just kind of realized like, this is kind of just, this butts perfectly. Uh, like This works. Like. And then I started showing them what I could do and what they were looking for. So we made a track called Jawdance that we were, uh, you know, kind of trailing at a lot of shows. <laughs> what a name. What a name. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but yeah, it's a very, very housey, heavy bass tune and people go fucking crazy for it. Mm. And then we just got started thinking, right, let's go harder. Let's go harder. But then I'm thinking, you know what? Why don't we try and bring like a lot of really relaxing like house, but like to talk about some serious shit. Know what I mean? Um, and we have like, we have so many songs that are just in that backlog now, just ready to be released is we're going to have a fucking insane year next year. I can already feel it. Like their songs, that will go viral just from playing at a show yeah. or will go viral just because of how they sound. And I'm on kneecaps. Going to have to watch out just. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you took the words out of my mouth. I was like, kneecap, think they're fucking doing well. Um, we, we, opened, we opened for them there recently. They're so cool, man. They're such nice guys. They're mm. like, they're, they're amazing. They chat. They like, they're, they're fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, they just, they're, they're just like us, man. They just, they fuck with. So, yeah, I, I, um, a few, not this, not the one that happened this year, but the Stand Hall or Stand Hall, um, in Derry, not okay, not this year's one, the last year's one. And I remember, well, when I say remember, vaguely, very in the wee hours in the morning, <laughs> stumbling through the campsite, and I'd lost my mate, and I was like, "Oh, mate, where are you at?" It's like, "I'm just my kneecap here," and I was like. Wait, I can hear your voice, and I turned around, they were like sitting around, like you know what I mean? They're all lovely fellas, though, lovely, lovely fellas. No. <laughs> we actually we just headlined the Stan Hall past and that was such a bad ending to such an amazing festival like we uh we were headlining on the the last day and we were like so excited like we've stayed we went we went a day early and like enjoyed the festival and shit uh, and oh my fuck like it was insane like we were just I was too drunk for one. And then we got up there and every single artist went over their time. So like the stage wasn't really that buzzy when we were there, but see, when we went on stage, it just went fucking 
insane and i couldn't believe it like it's but then we got cut off after two songs <laughs> oh what i know everybody like it cut off after two songs and holy shit like did the crowd go fucking mental um eventually you no know, i was already in the back cracking up at the you no know, the stage people but it was due to everybody else going over so it wasn't their fault uh, obviously i was drunk and i was losing my shit of course but then one of the fucking one of the crowd in like the front row like stomped on like the stage and like started creating like this drum beat with his foot and then the crowd started clapping and then like, I don't know which one it was. I think it was Daryl just shouted, fuck it then. They're not going to turn the music off. We'll go acapella. And they acapella their, like, main event song, which was Bully. And, oh, my God, it was, like, it was insane to see. Like, the crowd was singing back the words this. They were, like, just the, the drum, foot drum was on point. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't write that shit. Like, yeah, yeah. But obviously, I was too much in a bad mood to even really understand what was going on because I was cut short after a fucking very long weekend. <laughs> but, uh... Oh man, it was like such a when you look back because they got it on video, it was such a surreal moment. It was like one of them, like like it was like your eight mile moment. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Happy days, man. Happy days. Well, you know what? Maybe have to add them to the diary or add the other three years to the diary for a maybe interview down the line. Something I did say to them. I told them I was all oh, look. I'm going on a podcast here. I was like, what do you think? Because we did a podcast already before and we really enjoyed doing it. And they uh, were like, well, what's it about? I was like, man. It's a podcast, I guarantee it's an Irish podcast, dude. It'd be a good crack. And they'd be yeah. like, I know, fuck it, let's do it, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, definitely, I'll, have to, I'll, I'll get them scheduled in. But look, we are, we're nearly out of time. So what I'm going to do now, or what myself and Sean do um, when we chat to way more talented people than ourselves, like you, um, we, we do a quick fire round where we ask a few silly questions um, and we want you to just give us, you know, whatever comes to your head straight away. So question number one, if you were a drink, what would you be and why? Now, the reason why we say this is because Sean would say that I'm a Guinness because um, people pretend to like me. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so if, if, you were, if you were a drink, alcohol or otherwise, what would you be? I'm a Corona. You want to avoid me, but you just can't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bro. Fucking love that one. Love that one. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> That's fucking brilliant answer, actually. Um, second question. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? What would you do with it? Oh, oh you know what? I'd fly. I would fly. Because uh, mm. like, the situations you could take a set foot off is incredible. <laughs> 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 uh, save a fortune on diesel, man. The price of everything. <laughs> Deadly. Uh, next question. If you were a crisp sandwich, what would you be? So tell me, give me the bread. Give me, do you have butter, no butter, mayo? You, what, what's the what's the flavor of crisp? What's the make? Right. I'm only saying this now because I had it last night, just probably because I was starving. But prawn cocktail, crisp, right? Tato. Yeah. With fucking smoked cheese on wholemeal bread with butter, man. Insane. Ooh, I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. It's like smoked it's like smoked salmon, man. Only like flavored. <laughs> it's incredible, and a fucking crisp sandwich. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm actually gonna do a bit of try that myself. Mm. Oh, it's legal. <laughs> um, if you could go on a date with anybody, living or dead, who would it be? And it doesn't have to Ooh. be sexual. It could just be a dinner date, or it could be riding at the end. Who knows? <sighs> oh, right. You know what? There's a there's a producer I'm listening to a lot now, right? And it's just obviously you call him Darius. He's released an Oasis album. Um and I've just been listening nonstop every day constantly, and I just want to like I would just want to find out how you made it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. 
because I cannot stop listening to that album. It's ridiculous. Like, oh, it's he's so so talented, insane. Fair play. Well, then I suppose that really sort of maybe answers my my final question. If I had a magic ball, and I says, Keelan, I can conjure up you to work with anybody. Who would it be? Would it be Darius? Would it be somebody else? Would it be maybe somebody putting vocals to a track that you're going to put out? What would the score be? I it would like Darius would definitely be up there, but there's for a vocalist. It would be Daniel Caesar. Okay. There's something about his Freudian album that is just, that is a perfect album. I'm buying that shit on vinyl. It's that good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He would be be a a top someone I would like daily work for. Like, oh, definitely. Happy days, man. Happy days. Well, look, um, before we, before we, we say goodbye to you, where can your stuff be found? Um, where can people find you on socials? Give us the whole spiel. Um, Spotify right now. You can get me on uh, Keelan Irvine or my other alias, Taxi to the Moon. Or definitely check out Crackpipe if you want some nuts in your life. <laughs> and then obviously SoundCloud is where I'll be releasing some of my free music. So you'll just get me on there just under my name, Keelan Irvine. And then I just Instagram as well if you want to check out some of my photos. Um, you know, just the same name, Keelan Irvine Official on there. But I'm not really back. I'm not back into the socials. I probably should be, but <laughs> we get there. We all get there. We all get there. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, Kill, an absolute pleasure for coming on, chatting to us, and uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. Ah, definitely, man. Thank you very much for having me.